Today's guest is David Oakford. David is the author of the book Soul Bared, which details his near-death experience caused by a fatal drug overdose in 1979. During his NDE, he was rescued by his guardian angel. He was shown life after death realms and more. David, thank you very much for being my guest. I really appreciate you and welcome. You're welcome. Um, good, glad to be here. Um, well, what happened to me was uh, I was 19 years old. It was in 1979, and I was a pretty much a stupid kid. I, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood that wasn't quite the best, and I hang out with a bunch of guys that weren't quite the best, and we were pretty much, pretty much what the the gang of the neighborhood was. And I hang, hung out with those guys, and we ended up all through through our lives. We just ended up moving into drinking and drugging and all that kind of stuff. And well, I got to a point where I was sick of that, and I didn't want to do it anymore. But so I was going to leave. I was going to just going to leave town. I didn't even have a driver's license, a car, or anything like that. But I was still going to leave, right? Have saved up money, everything. And then I thought, well, I'll have one more party with my friends, just one more time. And then after that, I'm going to leave. So I party with these guys all day. We were drinking beer and stuff. And then later on in the night, I wanted something that was that was a little more for the night, for the evening, for, you know. And um friend went out and he got me this stuff. It, it, he, he said it was some kind of cocaine. I guess it was crack cocaine. I didn't know it then. It was 1979. I didn't even hear crack cocaine then. But it was some kind of cocaine. So... I thought, and it was a rock. It looked like, I've seen pictures of crack on the, online. It looked like a brown rock. But I did, but I crushed it up, thinking it's cocaine, you know. Crushed it up, snorted it. Well, snorted crack cocaine. My friend that got it for me came back and said, what did, what did you do? You know, and I told him, he says, no, 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 no. It's not what you're supposed to do. You'll be lucky if you live. Well, after that, I just said, I blew it off. You know, I said, no, I'm an invincible team. Nothing's going to, you know, no. So went outside. We drank some more beer out on the porch. I was, I was standing around out there, and I got so that I couldn't. Uh, I didn't feel right standing, so I sat down because I uh, I was getting a little woozy, you know. And then um, uh, I ended up passing out on the lawn in front of the house. And I was about like three houses down from my parents' house. They were sitting on their front porch. They could, you know, I, they didn't even know what was going on. And um, ended up, I woke up in this chair inside the house. And it was a, this big family room was there and it had all kinds of furniture and stuff in there and stereo and everything. And I woke up in the chair and I didn't know what was going on. I started to, uh, I saw, heard this song that this like melody or like a harmony tone coming from my body. And it was all different tones and I could hear each one of them and then all of them all together at the same time. And I didn't know what that was. I was trying to figure it out, but then everything started to go away. Each part started to go away. And then there was, there was silence. I heard my heartbeat and then it stopped. And, you know, I didn't know what to think then. And then um, music started. Music started playing. It was Doors music. It was really, really loud. And I I couldn't take it. It was just like it was cutting through me. I didn't know what to do. So I tried to find my friends in the house. I, I, I'm thinking I'm running through the house trying to find them. And I didn't see any of my friends in there or anything. This music was just blasting right through me. I, uh, I got scared. So I went to try to take turn the music down. I couldn't touch the, the volume knob and I couldn't unplug it or anything. And it was just tearing through me and I didn't know what to do. And I got I got really scared and I went around into the house more trying to find out. I couldn't find anybody. And then I went into the family room, came back into the family room and I saw my body sitting in the chair. And it's like, okay, what's going on here? You know, how can this be? And I'm in two places at once, but I'd rather be here. And, you know, and, you know, the spirit me, not my body. Me. You know, I was, I was kind of glad I wasn't in it. I didn't like it, anything like that. So I, I got scared to try to run away. I tried to go out the door, tried to grab the doorknob and turn it to go out. And I, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't touch it. I couldn't go out. 
and I was just really, really scared of running around. And then I thought, well, what am I going to do? I got to do something here. So I prayed. I was went to a religious school for seventh and eighth grade. I wasn't really religious. You know, my parents made me go there, you know, that kind of thing. And it, But I knew about prayer, and I believed in prayer. So I thought, well, why don't I pray to God to help me? He's probably the only one who can. So I prayed to God to help me. And the next thing I know, I'm looking over by the doorway and I'm seeing this um, this spirit being standing there. It's just like me standing. I uh, I didn't have feet that blended into the, uh, that was on the ground. They just kind of blended in. And same thing, he was floating the same way. And he asked me, uh, uh, I uh, he said that I'm here to help you. And then I said, oh, okay, well, who are you? And he said, well, I know you. And he started telling me stuff about that I thought about when I was a kid. Like he told me about my father that I had and my mom and dad's divorce and everything and what happened when I was four years old and what I thought about when I went to bed. I mean, he knew everything about me. And I thought for a moment, I thought about, well, what if he's like, the devil or something, what, you know, he can masquerade as, you know, what, what I hear anyway, you know, and uh, I asked him about it. He said, well, that stuff is not for you. None of the negative stuff is for you. Um, how you can tell if it's for you or not is if it's negative toward anyone or if it's simply for just that one person, then you might not want to interact with them. And I, uh, he he told me about that, and then he told me that I could go anywhere that I wanted to go. And I said, well, I can't even get out the door. He said, no, 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 come come with me. Think, think, come with me, trust me. Think about me and trust me. And then we were outside. We just kind of went through the house and went outside. And then he said that we could go, that I could go anywhere that I wanted to go, and I didn't know where I wanted to go. So I thought about, you know, oh, well, you know, the, the, the pyramids or wonders of the world is what I want to see. And he said, well, there's two different kinds. There's a, the natural wonders and then there's the man-made wonders. He said, I'll show you two. And uh, so, and he said, pick one. So I, uh, I said, I wanted to see Egypt. I want to see the, the pyramids. And uh, I thought about it and I trusted him and boom, we were there just in a, in a second. We were there and I saw the pyramids and everything as they were back in the ancient times. And I saw the city as it is in the present times. And oh, I, there were souls on, on each side of it. And I was a soul in the ancient Egypt part. And what I was looking at was I was looking at myself in the ancient Egypt part from the present or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I did I it was shown that I did something. I was a kid and I did something. I ran my mouth. I, I did something and I ended up getting a whole bunch of people in trouble and a whole bunch of people died. Well, Bob, uh, the spirit being that helped me, I'm going to call him Bob just so I can call him something. It's easier to tell the story. Um, he told me that, yeah, I did do something. And I asked him, he wouldn't tell me what it was. So it's, so I just, he said that it would be bad for me in my life now if I knew what happened then. He said it would it would affect my path, and he doesn't want that to affect my path. So, so okay. So he, he said some stuff about the the pyramids and and why they were built and, and what they can do and everything that happened to do with the energy of the planet. Well, after the pyramids and everything, after he told me told me this stuff, we went to. I wanted to leave and go see the see the rest of see whatever else that I could see, and he says, "Sure, we can go." So we left and we flew over the Pacific Ocean, and he showed me that there were places in the ocean that have, that are like vortexes that have energy coming out of them and going into them from from the universe, and um, there were places like that, and and I could see the energies of all the countries in the planet too. I could see the it was like. They were auras, is what is what they were. It was just like colors, and you could see the, the vibration of them. In some countries, their vibration was higher. Other parts of the country, they were lower. It all depended on how 
many humans lived there and what what kind of cities and you know what they were and so we went past and, and uh, saw all that stuff and uh, uh, bob told me that the that the energy is is from the planet it's what the planet makes it's what you you have and there's other energies the negative energies the darker energies for it are from the in the cities are from the nature being gone and there's less nature and, and the energy but there is more like human type based you know from from people and uh, i said okay you know i didn't know what's everything i didn't know what anything meant i was just you know learning it's like what okay uh, so we went ended up we we went to the united states we went to the to the southwest united states and i could see the energies from there and there were and there were some energy places in the southwest too that were that were these vortex things and oh, we went and, and i saw the grand canyon i saw how, how it was when i was a kid and it's like it was a real rush when i saw it because I, I saw it from above and i could see the auras and everything and it, it was just so pretty i i saw it when i was a kid but this was like 10 times prettier than when i saw it before and uh, uh, it was the, a wow moment and then we continued on and we, we talked about the the beings because we could see other beings there other beings around in the, the like i guess a different the dimension with that we were in we could see uh beings like bob and we could see beings like me you know we, we could see other beings that weren't like me that were just uh, 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 he's Bob told me that there were like lost souls who get stuck in between the earth plane and the higher planes. They get stuck in that plane and they they stay there for a lot of different reasons. So some of them know about the light. They have to they know about the light, but they don't want to go. Other ones know about the light and want to go, but don't know how. There's just uh, things like that that they that they don't know and, and they have the energies to them. Like the ones that have energies like me, they were still connected like me. There was a trail going down to where they were coming from. And they, I think there are probably other experiencers or, or whatever, just spirits going back and forth as traffic. And I'll tell you about that more later. Um, I saw that and I saw and Bob explains to me about how we're how we interact with each other and how uh, positive and negative makes a big difference in uh, uh, what the energies of, of work going to be and what um how things are going to our energies and how we how we work together and how that inter how that interacts with the the planet's energies and uh, what and it's uh, the makeup of the, of all the whole thing and then I, I wondered about our planet and what if I could see the energy the aura from our planet. And Bob said, yeah, we could. So we went out into space. We went out by the moon and I could see the earth and I could see the aura all around it. It, it was really big. It was mostly blue. But it was bigger than what you see in the pictures, you know, uh, you know, from in the pictures these days of the moon or, or of the earth, you know how it's blue. Well, this was like more exaggerated, more blue and bigger and bigger and bigger, but you can see the dark spots in it. And uh, I was told that the dark spots are uh, the product of us living here and how we're living in harmony with the planet, or at least we're supposed to be. <laughs> and it, it just, you can see the like records from what we've done to it, but, but still, it's still awesome. I, I mean, there's, Oh, I kind of worried about it because it's like, you know, we're, we're ruining it. Look how beautiful she is. And, and I could feel her too. And I could hear her too. She, she made noise. She made a, like the same um, humming sound that my body made. It, it was almost, it was like the same thing. It was a part of it. And oh, I, I was just in awe over the whole thing as a, you know, thinking like, why, why me? How, you know, how, why me? You know, I, I still ask that a lot of times. Um, but thought about what to do next. I thought about the stars and I thought about, well, what about those? And Bob asked me, said, is there one that you want? Is there one that you want to see? And I said, well, how about that one? I pointed, I said, how about that one? I picked one at random. So we went, we went flying, went flying towards that star. And it looked like a star from afar, 
But we went flying by it, and we flew by the planets that were on the way. And each one of those had their own home to them and their own um, their own energies on them, their, their auras. And I could see that there were spirits that were living on those planets, each one of them. When we flew by, I could see that. And I asked about it. I, said, I asked Bob, I said, how come we can't see them? But we can see them here. But how come we can't see them normally? He said, all oh, your vibrations are just too low. Raise your vibrations, you'll be able to see everything. It's like, okay, that's good. Well, so we went past and we went, got to the star and we looked at this and I looked at it and it was like this big circle and it was a, a spiral type of a thing. It was spinning and it, it had a distinct center that was calm, very calm. And oh, oh, I wanted to go there. I wanted to go through it and I wanted to go into it. And I, and I told I told Bob knew I was, it was like well, we didn't talk like me you and I are talking it was like boom instantaneous thought I thought he talked I talked and you know nobody heard anything but we did you know but um, I asked about it I, and I said well how who made this how did this happen and he said well he said this is um, what you're looking at is a, a, a is a portal to another place. And, and you, you're not ready to go through the portal. I, I, I won't let you go through. I can't either go through. Mm. So uh, I said, okay, well, okay, well, if God made this, then what about what about everything else? What about like like Jesus? What, what what's up with that? And um, then this being came to us. He was complete white light, all complete white light, and uh, he well, appeared. He morphed down. He appeared into what I remembered of the Jesus picture that was on the wall in the parochial school that I went to. And uh, so I recognized him as Jesus because that's how he presented himself to me. And then he, he was only that way for a second. And then he turned back into his white light and he surrounded me and he said, tell them to one, love one another and all will be well. Cause I was worried about the planet and, and he knew I was. And, and that's, that's all he said to me. That's all. That was, that was it. And then after that, he left. And I then I asked Bob, I said, well, what was that? How, you know, he didn't, Bob said that Jesus was the master vibration entity and that there are other entities that are just like him. That And he's like the one that you know. So I said, okay, well, and after, after Bob left or after Jesus left, then I saw all of the planets. They were all in a line, and I could see all their auras separately and all together, just like the music. And I also heard the same music that was coming out of my body that was coming from all the planets. Each one had their own little part in it, just like just like my body did. And um, uh, that was like the most awesome thing that I ever saw in my entire life. And. Ooh, I hope to see it again, but maybe because uh, I want to go to that to that to that portal again. <laughs> I want to go there and I want to go in it, and so that's one of the things that I want to do. But I couldn't, and and then after that, after seeing the plants like that, it's like wow, what you know, what else can there be, you know? And then uh, Bob said, well, there's uh, there's uh, uh, some place else I can take you to. I said, okay, let's go. So we went back, flew past all the planets again, and we got to this point where we were close to the earth. I could see her. Okay. And I actually, I should have told you earlier, earth has a a real name called Gaia. That's what Bob said. Well, we could see her. And then we were at this place. It was kind of like, sort of like in the clouds. It was a city. It was a big city. And it had, it was a, a, it didn't have any walls or gates or anything like that. And we came down, down and got, got, came down in, into the square. There was a, a, a well there and there were spirits there doing something with the well. There were, um, there was this one house that was on the, uh, on my left side, a big building on my right side. And there was a long street in between them that went way though, as far as I could see. And the buildings, they were white, and they had wood trim on them with plants growing out of the trim. It was like framing it. It was, it was, it was like really pretty, and, and all the buildings were like that. Well, 
I went into the little house. We went upstairs. We went up these stairs, and there were, oh, I saw four different spirits in the upstairs of that house, and they were all in different rooms. They were concerned that I was there. I didn't know who they were at the time, but they were concerned I was there. And then oh, oh, after that, we came back out of the house. We went across the street, and Bob said that we had to go in there. And it was this big building. And walked inside, there were these double doors to my right that had gold gold knobs. And to my left, there was this wooden bench. And it was was the same. And all the wood in there glowed. Everything was like a wood panel. And when I looked forward, when I walked in, it was this big, long, long hallway that I couldn't see the end of. And there was these different different rooms in it. You can see where there's different rooms. A whole bunch of spirits in there doing something. I don't know what they were doing, but they were all in there. And I thought, well, okay, I want to go work in there, you know? And the feeling of the place was like like total, total love. I mean, uh, I... It was just indescribable. It was uh, there was no there was no negativity there that I could see. Well, we, we I went in the building. Me and Bob went in there, and uh, Bob told me to sit on the bench. And then he went inside the doors, and he and he went in there, and he, he said he'll be right back. He told me he, he told me to don't worry and don't be afraid. Okay, so he goes in there, and then a little bit later he comes out. Uh, but while he was in there, I was sitting on this bench and I started to remember things from a different life. I started to remember things about Egypt and I was almost to the point where I was going to find out and a Bob came out and he said, you have to go in there. He said, be truthful in there. Don't be afraid. So I went in there. There's this group of beings all in there. They were, there was like six or seven of them. And they were all around this table, this big round table. And I was in the center. It was kind of like, like in the center, uh, uh, one on the circle. Uh, and they were all like like in front of me. Mm-hmm. And there was this, this space in the center. And um, oh, oh, I, I looked around and oh, I recognized one of the beings that was there. I recognized him and I was afraid of him for some reason. And I think it had something to do with the Egypt thing. But I was really afraid of him, the, the one. And um, then they started to show me my life. And I, they showed me being being born. They showed me, you know, the hospital room and coming out and, and all that. And then um, uh, I started to see my life. I saw uh, my my parents started out with my parents. I, I had uh, my, my regular, my real father and my mother got divorced when I was like four years old. So it started out with him and her. And then um, that was that was okay. Everything everything was okay about that. But then um, they got a divorce, and my my mom moved in and married this other guy who had five kids. And I, and I had me and my sister and my brother. We all moved in with them, and we were adopted. Well, they we also had this funny uncle. I don't know if you know what the term means, but we had this funny uncle and he was a big, big influence on uh, all my life. Okay. Uh, I got shown why of a lot of things in my life, why I became the way I've been and became. And this is what started, started out with, um, with him. And I won't go through, you know, it's really personal what it was, but it had to do with sex and it was, you know, he was, He's a funny uncle, and there's you know ramifications for that. And um, saw that, and then I saw a lot of me and my stepbrother. He's the same age as me. We used to go out and partners in crime. It all started with all innocent stuff, like we you know go play at the construction site, you know go ride our bikes up and down the hills, you know. Then it ended up got a little older. Then it's like oh construction sites. Oh okay, wow these survey markers. Boom, boom, take them off. You know did that kind of stuff. Just pulling, you know, the guys, survey markers, they, they take time to put those in and they're in the right place. And if you move them over or something, then you're, you're going to cause trouble. You know, it went from watching the construction vehicles to playing on the construction vehicles after the, the guys left for the day. You know, just, you know, stuff like that. That's that's how everything, that's how everything started. Everything started just so innocent and then ended up getting all 
messed up. Just, you know, I went from, um, like, say, here's a, for instance, the, the schoolyard. I lived right around the corner from the school. Started out in the schoolyard, playing in the schoolyard, playing baseball, pick up baseball game. Kids, you know, seven, eight years old, we're, we're playing baseball. And then the next thing, you know, oh, it's okay. Well, here, I got some cigarettes. Here, let's smoke some cigarettes and play baseball. So we smoke cigarettes and play baseball. We're cool, you know. And then um, then it got to, well, well, here, we got this beer. Let's drink beer and play baseball. So we drink beer and play baseball. You know, uh, uh, we're getting older and all the other kids in the neighborhood that wanted to play in that schoolyard couldn't play in the schoolyard because we were always there <laughs> and we'd run them off. It was, it was just stuff like that. And then it, it grew into, uh, I did stuff like um, went out with the guys and we vandalized something and then you know it ended up then there were stolen cars involved and smashing those up and uh, all the kinds of it's just everything just kind of gelled into a big big mess it was just uh, and i saw it and when i saw it uh, like when we vandalized something i got to see whose car we vandalized and how they felt about it i got to feel that when it happened and it's just uh, uh, everything uh, everything hurt it was just uh, uh, a lot of this everything was all negative and it was all how i became how i became you know and uh, i couldn't believe that uh, that that's how i was a lot of the stuff that i saw that i did i didn't even know i did i mean you know the my drinking my drinking was really bad and i i it was really bad all through and i you know i, I, I was i was sick but the life review just basically showed me uh, how er how everyone felt about what I did to them and how I felt about things that other people did to me, like the uncle. Okay. Well, after they were done, they asked me if I thought that I was more positive or more negative. And I remember Bob told me not to lie but I thought about lying and I, yeah, I was really afraid. And uh, I told him, well, you know, it's more negative, you know, <laughs> like that. And, and they said, well, you know, you have to decide what you're going to do then, you know, you can stay here or you can leave, but there's going to be consequences to any decision that you make. And it's up to you. So get out of here and go make your decision. They, they basically kicked me out of there because I was trying to make my case, you know, because I really wanted to stay. Well, we get out of there, and Bob's out there. We go to this garden, and I asked him, I said, Bob, you know, I don't want to go back. You know, why should I go back? What am I going to go back to? Look, you see what I left, you know? And, and he, he started telling me stuff about my future. He started telling me, like, like oh, oh, you, the wife that you're going to have is there already. She's waiting for you. You're going to have children. You're going to have lots of children. You're going to have one child that's going to be way different than the others, and it's going to be a challenge for you. Um, they said that I would, I asked them, I was trying to find out when I was going to be going back to the city, because I wanted to go there. I really didn't, you know, I started thinking about why I wanted to stay there, and it was all like all about me. Like, well, I want to stay there because it feels better. I want to stay there because oh, oh, my life sucked and I don't want to go back. You know, just everything was all about me, me, me. And then, uh, and then Bob told me about about the, the kids and my wife and everything. It's like, well, uh, what about them? You know, well, what are you doing, Dave? You know, and and I thought about it. It's like, well, okay, you know, I'll go back. I was a little reluctant about it, but you know, it's a you know, okay, I'll go back and we'll. You know, okay, I give up. I'll go back. So Bob took me to this river, and he told me that the river helps you to to clean yourself and helps to keep you from remembering all the stuff that you're not supposed to remember. Because there were things that that I uh, I guess I'm not supposed to remember, like like the Egypt thing. Well, I. Dove into the river, came out the other side, uh, out the bottom of it, and there was this trail. It was a glitter trail. It looked like glitter. It's all multicolored glitter. And I went 
got followed the trail down to the earth and I got back near near where my body was about like a, maybe a mile away from where my body was and so I I kind of flew I was still flying I was still my spirit I was flying down the street went, went all the way back to where my body was and I could see I didn't see my body I was outside of the house and when I was outside I was watching the sun rise and I could hear it rise and I could feel it. It felt like way different than it did in, in normal times, you know, and, you know, like today, but um, I could feel it. And uh, I thought, wow, this is great. Wow. Look at all this stuff. I know. Wow. This is going to be cool. Uh, I'm going to be good. I was uh, all hyped up about it, you know? And then uh, I melted my way through the, through the, the doorway of the house and saw my body there and I thought, well, maybe I'll go back outside and explore, you know. <laughs> then I thought about it. It's like, well, you know, after all the stuff I know, you know, learn about the dark souls and how they can try to waylay you and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And maybe I might not want to do that. So I, uh, I chose to stay. I kind of just melted back into my body. And the first thing I did was wiggle my fingers, look, turn my head, you know, move my feet, you know, make sure everything worked. And so everything worked and uh, I was like way, way high up in energy. It was like, like I, I never, ever felt like that before, but I, so I woke up my friends. This was like five 30 in the morning. They were all passed out on the floor. I saw them and I, I, I woke them up. I said, guys, guess what happened? I went to this with the spirit and we went all over the, the, the universe. It's like those guys are, Dude, no, you didn't. <laughs> you were sitting in that chair all the whole night. You didn't go anywhere. Stop your crazy talk. And that's the one thing that I heard a lot after that was stop your crazy talk. And then um, uh, that, like, when they said that to me, my energy started going, started dwindling down. And so I left the house. I went to my house. My father, my stepfather was up getting ready for work. And I thought about telling him. Well, we didn't have that good a relationship, and he was one of the big factors in my life review, too. And I wanted to tell him, but I didn't want to tell him. I was afraid to tell him, so I didn't tell him. And it ended up, he'd be, he was the person that I ended up did telling it to. But, um, but, but that was years later. But um, he went to work, and then during the, all during the day, I tried telling people about it just friends people that i knew you know and everybody was either laughed at me or you know told me i was lying things like that and it's like well okay i came back got in the same frying pan i was in again there was you know all the uh, all my past and everything was all still there all the, the my uh, uh, alcoholism still there none of it went away uh, uh, still had, you know, still living in the same place, still hanging out out with the same people or potentially hanging out with the same people. And it was just, oh, I had, and then I had this big experience thing and I had it and it's like, well, what am I going to do with it? Nobody wants to know about it. It's just, just another thing that I have to deal with. So I put it aside. I tried to put it aside and just live my life, but then it's, it never worked. I always thought about it since every day every day since and you know i tried to convince myself that well it's it was just a drug trip that's all it was it was all a bad trip but then you know the more i know about it i, I went on bad trips this was not that's not what that was i mean if it was a, a drug trip you know if lsd or whatever you know i'd have been to mushroom mountain and i'd be seeing singing daisies or giant angry chickens you know but uh, uh, that's not what i saw you know it wasn't a hallucination everything made sense um but yeah it, it, it was a it, it was quite a quite an experience there's more to it probably you know i tell more of it in my book because i sit down and i could i can write it and i can think about what i'm writing it's kind of hard for me to tell it off the cuff like this oh that's but, okay you did great but yeah it was it, it was something um, so when you first passed out in the yard, I'm assuming your friends just dragged you in the house and threw you in that chair. That's what I'm thinking. It's, uh, <clears throat> that's it had to have been because that's the last place I remember I was. And this was at um, this was probably I'd say probably about six thirty seven o'clock in the evening. 
sun wasn't sun was was just starting to go down when I passed out on the on the lawn, and it was just coming up when I got back. Mm. So that gives an idea about how long I was gone. But how long of that time I was actually gone, you know, actually dead, I cannot tell you. But the whole experience lasted all through the whole, you know, like I said, the timeline, like I said. None of your friends thought that you were dead. They just thought you were passed out. Well, I don't know for sure if they thought I was passed out. Uh, I tried. uh, I really stopped hanging around them after. But I did go uh, hang out with them one time, went and partied with them. And they were all concerned about me. They said, you know, like, you know, take his keys. You know, no, no, don't give them anymore. No, don't let them, you know. And it's like they tried to protect me because because of what? Because of that night, I'm very sure of it. But Mm -hmm. nobody wanted to talk to me about it. None of them. None of them. And I was even told before I came back that, uh, when when we were in the garden, I was told that uh, I had a friend that was going to die from drunk driving, and that I was going to be a part of it. Hmm. And I didn't want to be a part of it. And I told him, I told my friend, I said, "Look, you know, I, I was told that you're going to die in a drunk driving accident." And he said, "Oh, stop your crazy talk." Well, the day he died, saw him at the liquor store, and I told him, "Dude." Don't. You're gonna something's gonna happen to you. And sure enough, about three hours later, wrapped his car around the telephone pole and died. Wow. And then after that, it, it was at his funeral where oh, I decided it's like, uh, no, 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 no. I'm I'm just gonna no, this is too hot for me. I'm not gonna no, no, I, I don't want it anymore. And you know, I got angry about it too. It's like, you know, why? You know, why me again? You know, it keeps I, I keep saying that. But mm. But no, it, I couldn't believe that, that 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 would happen, and I couldn't do anything about it. That's what what struck me at the funeral. It's like I, you know, oh, I knew I knew it was going to happen, but I couldn't do anything about it. You, I wish I could have, but I believe that you had said that you had went to church or religious school before, and since you met Jesus, did you feel like this was a religious experience or a spiritual experience? It was more of a spiritual experience. There was no mention of, you know, the 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 devil or the Bible. There was there were no pearly gates. There was there wasn't anything like that in my experience. And it actually, I think about it a lot. And uh, I'm wondering if the light that I was supposed to go to was the light that Bob took me to, and the place that I went to after that, where I had my life review was a different place mm-hmm. i mean it, it felt like what heaven what i what i would think heaven would feel but uh, I, i'm not even sure really if it was heaven mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't you know it could have been anything i, I mean you know after 40 years you know of thinking about it there's you know tend to overthink it maybe sometimes i don't know so do you, can you still remember the experience vividly today or is it faded at all it's faded a little bit. What's helped me with it was um, oh, I I had it in me, okay, and uh, I started chatting in the AOL Metaphysics chat room, and I started sharing some of the insights that I saw, like like pick your parents, you know, all kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up, I wanted to write it down because people ask me questions, and I could never tell the story in the room. So I wanted to write it down, and uh, then I asked Bob for help to write it down. I just uh, I just asked him, Bob, please help me to remember. And then I started writing it down. And I I just remembered, wrote, remembered, wrote, and just well, went through that. And uh, I ended up writing the the whole, it, it, pretty much the whole thing. It wasn't all of it. It wasn't the beginning. It wasn't the end. It was just the meat of it. And I sent it to this woman whose son was dying. She wanted to know what happened in my experience. So uh, I kind of wrote that for her and I sent it to her. And then she sent it to Kevin Williams at the near-death experience in the afterlife website. This was in 97 and he put it on his site and everything just kind of, kind of grew from there. I got lots of emails from people, questions and, and everything. And 
just well uh, that's what made me decide to write the book was because you know i had that and people wanted to know more you know i just used that made a beginning made an end and you know it's better it's a lot edited more and everything it's you know the, the book is way better than than i wrote it, it tells the whole thing but if you really want the the real the base of the of everything it's on kevin williams website in an exceptional nde section it's you know it basically tells the whole story short right i think you said you saw beings like you and beings like bob so did you look different from bob and if you did how so how would you distinguish you to each other well, we were pretty much, we looked the same, except he was more intense, like way more intense than me. I had to, just like the basic structure that he had, but he was like, like more grander in scale. It's just, he, he looked way awesome. I wish I could look like that. And maybe I will when I'm done. <laughs> Since the experience, I feel like you've communicated with Bob, at least helping you write the book. Have you communicated with Bob any other times? Even just like asking Bob for help for something in your life. I did ask him for help for this for this interview. Um, I do uh, I do ask him. Oh, I try not to. Oh, he's not a toy, and I can't treat him like a toy. I mean, he's you know I gotta treat him with the respect that he deserves. And if oh, oh, I if I ask him something, it's oh, it better be something that I really want to know, not something that's going to waste his time or whatever. You know, right. like I'm not going to ask him, ask him, oh, I'll ask him stuff like, 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 should I write the book? I asked him that for a long time, for a couple of years before I wrote the, before I wrote my first book. I asked him every day on my way to work, gee, should I really write this? Gee, should I really write this? And every time came back in a snap, yes, yes, yes. You know, sometimes you came, well, well, why wouldn't you? You know, he asked me that too. It got me thinking, okay, why wouldn't I? It's like, well, because I don't want nobody to know. I don't want no one to think I'm crazy, all that stuff. But um, none of that matters. It appeared that Bob knew a lot of the details of your life. Do you think that Bob is with you all the time or he can just tap into your memories and know everything about you? Uh, he's with me all the time, mm -hmm. but I do think he has other people. I do. I do think he takes care of others, uh, other people too. Mm -hmm. Not just me, but he's right. there for me all the time, but he's not, you know, I'm sure I'm not his only charge. Right. Let me ask you this. Is there any part of your NDE that you normally don't like to share publicly, but you're willing to share today? Mm. Just stuff from the life review, really. A lot okay. of the, um, the, the stuff with the uncle. I mean, you know, it, it was bad stuff. It really affected my life. It really affected everybody's life. And I, I'd rather just kind of leave it at that i from the experience i kind of had a little little got better with it because of the experience it's like oh it, it kind of took some of the pain away and some of the anger away but it, you know it was the stuff was still there but it took some of it away so you said that you saw the pyramids as they originally were but then they were still in a modern cairo egypt city around it is that correct yes can you remember or learn or share with us any what the purpose of the pyramids are the purpose so they they had to do with the energy there's kind of like the vortexes and they're set in in the certain spots that the way they are so that they can so that they can be kind of like you like an antenna of some sort like it'll be an energy out and it'll take the energy in. I think also they might've been, I don't think that we built those. Right. I really don't think we did. And that has to do, you know, and another thing, you know, about the, the, the planets with all the other spirits on them, maybe that's what we consider what aliens are. Right. At least they you know that, that you can't see them. Right. And maybe, you know, uh, yeah, I thought about stuff like that, stuff like this too. Like, like, well, 
maybe I am an alien. You know, maybe that was a, my home planet that I went to mm-hmm. for, for my life review. Yeah, it's very interesting you know? that you say that. There are people now that believe that this is their first time incarnating on Earth and their last past life wasn't here. It was on another planet somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, I've read that too. I read that when I read it, it's like, wow, wow, this that's what I that's what I was shown. There's a lot of stuff is like that. A lot of stuff it's just like um um there's some books too that I've read, like like the the Celestine Prophecy I've read. And it um had to do with energy and how they interact with each other. And when I read it, it's like well, that's what I was shown too. That now I and it helped me to understand a little bit better what I was shown. And I get these little tidbits that come, you know, off and on, you know, from time to time from you know Facebook groups and things like that. Some will will trigger a memory or or trigger an answer. Someone's answer, asking a question. You know, I'll think about it, and it'll just trigger a memory for and help me to answer their question. You mentioned along the way that the energy was better outside of the cities and it was worse in the cities. At least I think you mentioned something like that. And if so, do you think it's better to live, you know, in a small town or outside the city on land or something? Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, to, uh, just uh, away from the, the urban centers, just the way like, like I live in the suburbs and it's it's just it's not Detroit. It's totally different. And you know, I live in a in a small town, but it's still in the suburbs. Just a small small size town in a big metro area. Mm-hmm. But that's where I live, in. and it's different. My town is different because it's mostly all residential. There's no like when I grew up, the neighborhood I grew up in, there were factories across the street from the school I went to, and we used to go play in those factories all the time. In them, on them, around them. There was this uh, this field that was in between all the factories, right, like right in the center of the factories. And it was like like trees, you know. It wasn't the construction sites. It wasn't the houses all being built up all, everywhere. And so we thought, well, it's kind of like kind of like the woods. We'll go there, you know. We went there and played. And this, of course, the same thing happened, you know, with that as everything else. Just got all bastardized in the end. But <laughs> but. But yeah, we used to, we used to go there. The, the, there was um, the projects were about two blocks away from me. We were just, just settled right there in this, in this little neighborhood by the factories, projects, and uh, you know all the rest of the bad neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I lived in Warren, which is uh, borders on Detroit, and it's uh, there's a border is eight mile road, and that used to be no goal. After eight mile road, they don't go on the other side into Detroit, stay in the suburbs. Hmm. And in the sixties, the where I live was an extremely racist place. Extremely, everybody's racist there. And it, it was like we lived in a white neighborhood, and the reason the white neighborhood was white was because we kept it white. Hmm. <laughs> you know, we didn't let people live there, and that's that's how it was. It's a another thing too that I learned about myself and my NDs, like. Well, how can you be like that, Dave? The people, how can you look like we used to? Uh, uh, the, these uh, guys would deliver circulars from the newspaper from the grocery stores, and uh, they go from house to house and deliver them. And sometimes they were black. And it's like, no, no, all of a sudden you, you got four or five guys following you. You know, you better run. You know, and it, that's how it was. That's how it was when I grew up. This is the kind of stuff that we did. Now the neighborhood I live in now is twenty miles to the west, and it's totally, totally different. I mean, the houses aren't piled on top of each other. I got, oh, I got nice two acres of land. I got a, a creek that's in the backyard. I got, you know, everything's is five minutes away from me. Everything, mm-hmm. and oh, I like the nature. I like having the the two acres. I have my own space out in the back where I go. Just by the creek where I go and sit in the summertime. It's where I wrote my book. Um, I love it. You know, I just love it out there. Every time I go out there, I feel just so much better. If I if I'm feeling sad or something, I'll go out there and, and sit, take my dog out there, and you know, take my computer and do my activities online. 
Did Bob give you a purpose or did you discover some purpose or reason? It took me a while to um, figure out what that purpose was. Uh, I, another thing, one of the things that Bob told me about when we were on the, uh, on the, the bench in the garden, he said that I was going to be sick and oh, i would and th- and things would happen uh, 20 years later for me and i also found find out 20 years later that i had bipolar disorder hmm. and that was after uh, uh, just personal I, I tried to kill myself in 2004 i tried to asphyxiate myself because of my bipolar life and how I was going up and down and up and down all the time. Nobody knew which David they were going to get, you know, and I didn't like it anymore. I ended up getting into this big blowout. And then I said, well, you know, no, no, I want to go home now. So went in the garage, turned on the car and it was just a half-hearted attempt. There's no way I could have died in that garage with a window out of it and stuff, you know, but I tried. And I ended up going to this uh, mental hospital for three days. And I tried to tell them why I was going to do, why I wanted to do what I did. I tried to tell them and I told them about, uh, about my experience too. And after that, then it was like, okay, here's a bunch of medication for you, David. You know, and, and I went home, I took it. There's a whole bunch of medication and then I got it down to the three, but I don't swing anymore. I don't swing. I don't go from 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 the extreme to the extreme. I stay in the middle. I go up and down just like everybody else, but it's all under control. Mm-hmm. And that's part of controlling my energy. That's another thing Bob told me that I need to do when I was on the bench in the garden was I need to control my energy. I need to learn how to do that. And that's one of my purposes. Mm-hmm. And I, I've pretty much done that. I got the, the bipolar stuff under control. The alcoholism is under control and um, uh, I'm, I'm good. That's great. If you met somebody who had an NDE yesterday and they asked you for advice, what would you tell them? I would tell them, tell me what happened to you. I will listen to you. That's what I would tell them. That's what I wish somebody would have told me. So that's why. I think it's great. What are the most impactful things that you've learned during your experience that you still remember today that you may use in your life? Mm, About the energy and about interacting with, with everybody. I mean, I try, you know, to, I try to think about what they would think about me. Wait, that's not what I was trying to say. Almost, though. Uh, I try to think about and treat them how I would want to be treated and how uh, and how what I do with them, how that's going to come back because I know it's going to come back. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of helps me to, to behave, I guess. <laughs> right. I would assume that since you learned in your life review how – some of the stuff that you did that was, you know, wrong, I guess you could say, how it impacted other people that, you know, you've learned from that, that now when you come back, you don't want to kind of commit those acts anymore. Right, right, right. Like, like I stopped hanging around with those friends. I ended up meeting my wife and she made me get rid of those guys all the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. And that was, was very helpful. I mean, she, she, she took charge when, when we met, she took charge and she, you know, she wanted things a certain way. And I had to do this. If I wanted to be with her, I had to make it a certain way. So I had to change hmm. a little bit and I changed a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Now, finally, I'm, you know, I don't think I'm done, but uh, I don't, I'm not going to change all that much anymore. Hmm. Did you end up having a child that I think you, you said was different or something that you are yes, shown by Bob? Yes, I have an autistic child. Hmm. He's an adult now. He, hmm. he takes care of himself, but he's going to be with us. Oh, that's he, great. You know, it, 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 there's no driving for him. It, hmm. it, no, it, we tried. It's not going to work. Hmm. He just can't. He doesn't have the attention span for it. Hmm. The same thing, you know, I have attention problems, too. That's another problem that I have. 
but for me to get over stuff, it was the, the alcoholism I, I really needed to get over. Right. And the bipolar disorder. Did you have any other prophetic like things that you, you know, saw or learned and then they come to pass in the future? Only personal things. Hmm. Only uh, just like, like where I would live. Just uh, he said, uh, I asked him where I would live, and and he showed me this this place, and it was and it was all woods, and it was close to where I was living. And it kind of fits the description of where I'm at now, because mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to know when I was going when I was going to be back. Mm-hmm. So who knows? I might might not. So at this point in your life, do you fear death at all? No, I don't. Uh, I could die, and it could be. It, it will be okay. You know, I'm not afraid of, but I, I am afraid of going back there and not being able to say I was more positive than negative. That's what I'm afraid of. I mean, right. going back, fine, I'll, I'll do it. But Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. All right, well, I got to switch gears here. Uh, the name of your book is called Soul Baird, right? Yeah, Soul Baird, A Metaphysical Journey. And where can you get that at? Uh, Amazon has it. Um, so, so if you want to buy it, there's there's a Kindle book, there's a paperback. Um, other ways that you can read it. Oh, oh, I I would just like people to read the story. You know, the the book is is the book. You know, if, if people buy it, they buy it. If they don't, they don't. Uh, but what I really recommend though is uh, the story is at soulbear.com. Uh-huh. The whole story is there. The whole book, just as as it is in the book, it's there. I I keep it there. That's where I send people if they want to read it. Um, it's it's free. Well, you can do it at your own time. That's awesome. You no, know, I I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to make any big money from this. You know, I've had books for a long time, mm-hmm. and they they never made any money. And it's not what my my focus is. Mm-hmm. My focus is I want to help someone and know that they've been helped, and have them feel that they've been helped and be happy about it, and seeing it all over again. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I mean, I think it's amazing that you offer it for free because when you do go back, you may discover that you've done a lot of positive, even more positive than you could possibly imagine just having it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get well, lots of, well, lots of people read it. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's awesome. So you have your website too called soulbear.com. Yep. Um, soulbear.com. Are you on social media? And if so, if people want to reach out to you, are you public or do you tend to stay private? Um, so far as the near death experience goes in my life, I try to keep those separate. I try to keep my near death experience activities into the groups on Facebook. Um, it's just, I just like it better that way. Cause there's, there's a lot of people that I know that uh, I I am public with it that way in the groups. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's a lot of people that I know in, in my regular life that I'd rather not, they know about it because it, it, yeah. just, it just caused problems. Right. All right. So let me ask you this. Do you have any other projects that you're working on that you want people to know about? Yes. Actually, we've been working on an audio presentation, an audio book type of a thing. Uh, I got a, a guy that has a really, really nice voice. He's read it for me and he's put it in MP3s. Um, not quite sure what I'm going to do with that yet or, or what I even can do with it. So um, that's been a project that's it's at least read now and, and done. I don't know. It's for the next level. Um, right. We'll see how that comes, uh, how it turns out. It, it sounds really good, but I don't know all the technical stuff, but, but yeah, that, that is um, a thing that I'm doing that is, is when the works. Right. Well, I think you I don't can... know what else to do with it. Oh. I would assume you could try to put it on Amazon or something, you know, like I, or wherever else they put on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be, it, it would be, it's a process. I, I've looked into it. There's a lot of technical things involved with the, with the files that have to be a certain way. And I, you know, I understand just a little bit of it, but then it just gets too much for me. I'd have to have somebody else to try it. All right. Or I could try it, but it, it, it'd take me a long time. It, 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 
me not knowing what I'm doing, it'd be easier just to have someone who knows what to do and do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before we wrap it up here, do you have one last message that you could share to the audience? Well, we have to save this planet. We have to keep it. It's it's ours. We're supposed to be here. We have to take care of it. And the answer to that, for what I know, is love one another and all be well. If we do that, then we can fix things and make this place a more positive place and make it so that it's more positive and just a, a better place for us. I mean, it's our, it's our home. It's we're supposed to be here. And oh, oh, I, lot lately I've been thinking that this is the place we're supposed to be. And this is what our home is supposed to be. The other place is just prep for this. That's the way I see it. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking recently, is it possible that humans are really not supposed to get involved with space travel or go anywhere else? We're just meant to be here. No, I don't go that far. I think so, space is a good thing. I, I mean, well, I would like to, we could learn more. You know, I think they're, they're, they're going to find that. Oh, there were actually life was actually life that we could actually see with, with our low vibration there before. Oh. I, I truly believe that. Okay. I'm just kind of curious. All right. Well, Dave, I really appreciate you being on my podcast. I wish you massive success with your book. I hope you make big money from it someday. I hope you get this book on your audible.com or wherever you can get the audible version of it. I think that would be great for you. And um, I just wish you the best. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Have a great evening and enjoy your night. You too. Good night. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.